Hello there. Hello there. We greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we are certainly delighted and elated that you are able to join us as far as uh, Bible study is concerned. We thank God for you right now. And as we prepare to uh, launch out into the deep, we want to focus today on James chapter 3. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18, uh, dealing with the aspect of wisdom. And when I was doing preparation for this, um, I have to admit that when I did a deep dive as far as what wisdom is, is concerned about, I discovered that wisdom is a whole lot different than even what I have preached and taught about in the past. <clears throat> and I want to look forward to sharing and unpacking that for you all as far as this time is concerned. So what I want to do is uh, let's start with a word of prayer and let's sense and seek how uh, God is going to move as far as this moment is concerned. And then, beloved, we're going to dissect and unpack as far as our lesson is concerned right now. So glad to see so many of you all joining us and let's get ready to go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come to you right now. And before we ask you for anything, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, God, how you have uh, proven yourself over and over again as far as our reality is concerned. And Lord, as we prepare to study what wisdom is all about right now, we pray that by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, that you will teach us and help us to understand what it is that we need to know right now. Lord, if you would show yourself strong and mighty in this moment, have your way with us, in us, and as you often do, in spite of us, so that you'll get the glory, the honor, and the praise. Lord, we don't want to ever take for granted how you have blessed us beyond measure to be able to engage in this particular aspect. So, Lord, as we come to you right now, we pray that you will help us to understand what real wisdom is all about. It is in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So uh, I'm going to uh, at this time, uh, we're going to look at James chapter three, James chapter three, uh, starting at verse 13. Uh, we talked about the last time as far as watching your mouth. Today, we want to talk about what wisdom is. So uh, let me, if I could, read and share that for us as far as this time is concerned. Starting at verse 13, and you will uh, if you could highlight some things, it says, who is wise and understanding among you? I want you to circle the word wise and I want you to circle the word understanding. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. If you would circle the word wisdom. But if you have bitter envy, underline the word bitter envy and self-seeking, underline the word self-seeking in your hearts and do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. If you would circle the word wisdom, if you would underline the three words, earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy, circle the word envy, and self-seeking, circle the word self-seeking, exists, confusion, circle the word confusion, and every evil thing, uh, circle those three words, every evil thing are there. Verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above, circle the word wisdom, that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, 
full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Underline all of that. Verse 18. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. Circle the word peace and those who make peace. Circle the word peace. All right. Got a lot that we want to uncover as far as uh, this time is concerned. Um, and we want to do it in, in a very meaningful aspect. So as we get ready to unpack for the time that is ours, we want to really understand that there's a difference. Look at verse 13 between being wise and understanding. Okay, there's a difference between being wise and understanding. James says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Um, the, the, in the Greek, the word wisdom is feminine in its term, which is Sophia. Okay, this is where we get the word philosophies, Sophia philosophy. Um, and when we see what James is, is, is writing, James wants us to understand that there is a difference between wisdom and between understanding. So wisdom is Sophia. Uh, understanding is epistemon, which is where we get, for those that like big word, epistemology. Or epistemology is basically how you accumulate knowledge. So there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. Okay? Let me say that again. There's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. So so Paul, not Paul, James is saying, who is wise among you who and knowledgeable among you? And basically he says, show it in your works. Whoever is wise among you and knowledgeable among you, let him show it in his works. Now, here's what I want to drop on us because this is where when I did a deep dive on this, I'm like, ooh, okay, Lord, you have revealed to me a, a new understanding of wisdom. The truly wise person demonstrates his or her understanding of Christ or knowledge of Christ by how they live. That's what the aspect of, of wisdom is. Whoever is wise among you demonstrate that they know Jesus, have a working knowledge of Jesus. Watch this, have a Christology of Jesus by how they live, by how they live. Okay. All right. All right, I, I, if you don't get anything else, I could really end the Bible study right here. Whoever is wise among you show their knowledge of who Jesus Christ is or in what we call the, uh, seminary terms, Christology of Jesus, not by how they talk, but how they live, how they live, how they live. So James wants us to understand that wisdom and knowledge come together in a wonderful synthesis and is demonstrated in our lifestyle, in our works. And when we do that, we demonstrate that we have wisdom, but that wisdom that we have has a level of humility with it. It is meek, not weak, but meek. Let me say that again. Not, 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 not weak, but meek. Okay. If you don't get anything else, get this meekness does not mean weakness. Okay. Meekness does not mean weakness. All right. So if you and I claim to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, 
as we live out this lifestyle for God, we ought to show that we have that relationship by how we live. In other words, do our attitudes and our motives match our actions? Do our attitudes and our words match our work? James wants us to understand that real humility comes from wisdom. All right. In other words, he is saying, don't be a hypocrite who pretends to be humble or have what I call false humility. What we have to understand is that negative pride is where you place the essence of who you are above God. That's what got the devil in trouble. <laughs> Let me say it again. That's what got the devil in trouble. All right. So let's 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 drill down. Let's drill down because what I want you to understand is that first of all, wisdom is humble. Real wisdom is humble. Here's the other thing. Real wisdom has a sense of grace about it. Now, notice how James goes into an interesting tangent. James says, um, but if you are have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. I'm going to have fun with this on Sunday. James wants us to understand that when you're really wise, you can't be jealous of somebody else. And you can't be trying to promote um, uh, rivalries as far as the kingdom is concerned. Okay, so J James is helping us to understand that there is a godly wisdom and there is an earthly wisdom. All right. And he wants us to understand that our selfish nature, and let's be honest, can become saturated with jealousy and selfish ambition. And just because you're zealous and you got a whole lot of passion with your jealousy doesn't mean that it makes it right. Now, James really drilled down on the fact that unfortunately in the church, because we have this early budding church and it happens even today, that you got um, what we call the party spirit that's in the church. It leads to leaders who develop a party spirit when their ambition leads them to split the church to develop folks who think like them. And when you have this selfish ambition, it is the desire to live for yourself and not anybody else. You don't know how to, for the most part, be a blessing to others. This type of lifestyle leads to win at all costs. It means that we're only confident in our own knowledge, our own ambitions, and we think we're the only ones that's right. James is saying, listen, when you're flowing like that, uh, don't go around boasting and lying against the truth. Because, you know, when folks are exposed for who they are, they tend to become arrogant. And they don't want to tell the truth. But James is saying, 
uh, don't do that. Now, this is where he really hits home um, for a lot of us. He says, when you engage in that, this wisdom, because I used to think there was a difference, of course, between wisdom and knowledge. And I didn't think that there was, I thought that wisdom only came from, from God. But, but James is saying this wisdom does not come from God, but it is earthly or natural. It is sensual and it is of the devil or demonic. All right. James saying when you see people who are arrogant, prideful, don't have any humility, you can't tell them anything. Now they're smart. They're intelligent uh, and they have the wisdom of this world, but they are not of God. Now, this is this is where the rubber hits the road, beloved. And this is where um, uh, I want to drive home this this point, because if you can get this, this will really bless you, as folks say, real good. What we got to understand is that when it comes to the unspiritual aspect, of living in this world, James wants us to understand that if you're envious, if you're jealousy, if you're strifeful, if you're always keeping up confusion, it is indication that you may be smart and intelligent, but your wisdom has come from hell. <laughs> he says it's earthly, it's unspiritual, it's of the devil. Jealousy, uh-oh, selfish ambition, creating rivalries only produces disorder and confusion the real wise person is not trying to seek any glory or gain the real wise person tends to be relatively gracious and giving okay now this is where i really want to drive home this point because first of all there is a such thing as interestingly earthly wisdom Okay. Earthly wisdom takes up the form of, in today's culture, postmodern or relativism, which basically means that what's truth for you is not truth for me. Subjectism, humanism, watch this, capitalism, militarism, um, communism, socialism, all these different isms, that's, that is earthly wisdom. Okay. His teachers can be self-centered and rel 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 relatively shallow. All right. This wisdom also doesn't come from faith. It is godless and it doesn't spiritual. It refers to the natural person. That's where we get the term um, sensual. All right. Um, the term for the unspiritual is used in the New Testament for the person who does not have God's spirit sensual have not accepted the guidance that comes from the holy spirit so this type of person who is caught up in sensuality teaches the wisdom of this world based on your human feelings based on your human reasoning doesn't have any connection with god but then he really drives the point home when he talks about how this wisdom is demonic this wisdom is demonic. Now, this messed me up because when I did my deep dive, I'm like, oh, my God. He is saying that the real source of these thoughts is Satan. And you got to be crazy to assume that the devil does not 
have access to the knowledge that's available to us. Here's what I want to drop on you. And even I had to remind myself, the devil is smarter than all of us. <laughs> the, 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 in fact, I would contend that the devil is keenly more aware of scripture than a lot of us. But he knows how to twist the scripture to fit his own ambition. Okay. Now, y'all remember when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness? And every time that the devil threw something at Jesus, he was taking scripture out of context. Jesus, because Jesus knew the word of God for himself, Jesus recovered the real meaning of the scripture. That whenever Satan said, ABC, Jesus said, it is written, da, 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 da. So the devil even used the Bible to make suggestions to Jesus that seemed relatively reason. Think about the first temptation. Uh, Jesus, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. I know you're hungry. That, that seems reasonable, doesn't it? But because it was coming from the devil, Jesus counteracted. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Here, here, here is what I want to drive home, that if you don't get anything else, get this. This, this is what I want, want to drive home. The devil can take the good resources that God gives us and twist it. Let me say that again. The devil can take the good things that God gives us and twist it. And when you fall for the twisting, you have brought into the wisdom of this world, of this culture. There are a lot of things that are taking place in the culture that looks good and it seems right, but it ain't necessarily of God. And so we got to be very, very careful about drinking from the well, the water of the culture and allowing for that stuff to even seep into our lifestyle with Jesus and the church when it goes against what it is that the Lord wants us to do. Okay. James wants us to understand that when you drink of the wisdom of the culture or of this world that is earthly and that is sensual, that is demonic, what it does, it produces jealousy, ambition, and confusion, and every other evil thing you can think about. When, when, whenever you see somebody that's jealous, they think they got to be the first. They think they got to have the, you know, be the first in line. They think they got to always be in the limelight. Uh, they can't share the stage with anybody else. In other words, those folks that are jealous, they always got to get revenge. That leads to confusion and chaos. And how many people we know in our families, in school, on the job, in the church, uh, in our that 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 have that spirit of jealousy and self-ambition and self-aggrandizement that is only all about them. It's only all about them.
Let me say that one more time for the Holy Ghost. It's only all about them. And, and, and here's the crazy thing about, about this type of person. If I can keep it real. And I know I'm getting ready to get in trouble for what I'm getting ready to say. They're lazy. Most jealous, self-engrandizement, self-ambitious folks are lazy. They want everybody else to do the work and they take the credit. They're lazy. They're lazy. They're lazy. All right, let me <laughs> let me get off. Let me get off this. When we look at verse 17 and 18, it's interesting how James makes this uh, this shift. James says, that's the wisdom of the world. Earthly, sensual, demonic, jealousy, self-aggrandizing, um, self-ambitious, uh, only seeking to really lift up self and nobody else. But James gets to the wonderful shout of this particular text. It says, but the wisdom that is from above, the wisdom that is heavenly, does some, some other thing. All right. It says, it is above first pure. All right. That means that there's this sense of integrity about it. Um, he says that it is peaceful. Uh, this is the peace that goes beyond just having peace inside of you. It doesn't like strife. It doesn't like confusion. Uh, it promotes peace in the community. Uh, the Bible says, blessed are the peacemaker for they shall be called the children of God. All right. Now, when we get to chapters three and four, um, uh, well, chapter four, we're going to be talking about some other forms of dissension as far as the Christian is concerned. But we're called to be peacemakers. We're called to be peacemakers. Um, he also talks about uh, gentle. And that's basically just being considerate. Um this goes beyond the strict requirements of justice. It, it, it means to be kind. It means to temper your justice with mercy. It, it's, it's the kind of treatment you want to receive from others. Treat people how you want to be treated. That's what gentle means. Willing to yield. Willing to yield. Um, the flexibility that, that comes with this is because you got the spirit of God in you. It's reasonable. You're willing to listen. You're willing to change. Uh, you, you, you got some, some stretch in you. All right. Uh, the Holy Spirit can correct you. Willing to yield. Another one is being filled uh, of mercy and good fruits. That when you and I are operating 
under the power and the influence of wisdom, it makes us productive. All right. It allows for us, check this out, to be able to forgive. It allows for us to be able to serve. It allows for us to be able to help. It allows for us, and hopefully this is going to bless somebody, it allows for us to be able to forgive even when the problems we are facing has been caused by somebody else. That's tough. That's why you got to have wisdom and that's why you got to have the Holy Spirit. And then the other thing is that we're told that it is um, without partiality. It's without partiality. It, it, it basically means that it is free from prejudice. It does not prejudge people. It not, does not engage in this double-mindedness toward God. It, it does not wear the mask. It, it brings a sense of, of realness, okay? So when he says without partiality and without hypocrisy, he is talking about you are impartial and you're sincere. You're not wearing the mask. You are being real, all right? Unfortunately, we have a whole lot of folks in the church that can be relatively hypocritical uh, when it comes to their walk with God. One way on Sunday, another way uh, Sunday at one o'clock. You're one way Sunday 10 to 12.30, another way 12.31 throughout the rest of the week. James is saying that when you have the wisdom of God, that God so shapes your character that you don't have to act hypocritical. Okay. Here, here's, 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 here's a word that, that, that's going to scare a lot of us. In verse 17, this, what James is really talking about is living holy. Let me say that again, living holy, practicing sanctification, um, uh, engaging in a very progressive improvement as you walk with God every day. That, that's, what, that's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. And I close it out with verse 18. Um, because what James wants to say, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. When you and I engage in wisdom, it transforms our speech. When some speech comes from a wise spirit. So people know that I'm holy by how I talk as well as how I walk. And part of righteousness and sowing peace comes through our conversation. Okay. It comes from the words that we say. Let me drop this on you. You can be frank and loving at the same time. That's a controlled tongue. Your culture thought. 
you can be honest and loving at the same time. You can correct people with gentleness at the same time. Okay. Um, um, that takes the Holy Spirit. So, so usually, and let's be honest, when people come at us at a certain way, if they come at us at a DEFCON 10, we're going to go at a DEFCON 11. What James is saying is that when you have the wisdom of God, if someone comes with you at a DEFCON 10, you just look at them. And you allow for the spirit to give you guidance. Because if you go at a DEFCON 11, then they're going to go at a DEFCON 15. And you ain't going to hear any. And you're not going to be able to hear anything. So there are times when because of wisdom, you want to go off. You want to give them a piece of your mind. You want to, let's be honest, cuss folks out. And the wisdom of God says, no, you're not going to do that. This is how you're going to handle this. Sometimes the wisdom of God would just let you sit there and listen to folks. And folks think you're taking a pounding, but the Lord is guiding your thoughts and your tongue. Because if what you want to say will come out, it will reflect earthly wisdom, which wouldn't be a good witness as far as your relationship with God is concerned. So here's my suggestions as we close out verse 18 and we close out this section. Seek heavenly wisdom. Admit to jealousy and arrogance without trying to cover it up. And create a climate of peace wherever God lead you. Okay. Let me say it again. Seek God's wisdom. Admit to times when there's jealousy and arrogance. And create a climate of peace wherever God leads you. We close with this. Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children, the children of God. Your relationship with your father is based on the fact that you want to promote peace and not confusion. Let me say that again. You want to promote peace, not confusion. Well, I'm done. I'm amazed that I was able to get this done uh, uh, in this amount of time, but I am done. But at this particular moment, um, are there any questions before we close out today's lesson? Okay, so um, uh, Virgie Irby says, can you give the word for understanding again? So basically the word for understanding is knowledge. Knowledge is what we get from books. Uh, everyday experiences, that's knowledge. Wisdom comes from, heavenly wisdom comes from God, but um, uh, earthly wisdom comes from uh, the culture, the devil. And um, put to you like this, have you ever seen folks who are so smart, but yet they do dumb stuff? They do the dumb stuff because they base it upon the wisdom of the world rather than the wisdom of God. So, Here's a great example, and I close on this. You can have wisdom that comes from heaven. You may not have a whole lot of intelligence, 
or you may not have a whole lot of schooling. But if you have the wisdom of God, that can help you to understand uh, how to navigate your particular world. You can have a whole lot of intelligence, but if you are basing it upon earthly wisdom, you're going to do some stu stupid stuff because you're operating from ambition, self-aggrandizement, and jealousy. All right. Uh, Sister Joanne uh, asked, speak about forgiveness and wisdom one more time. Yes, ma'am. So when we talk about when we're talking about uh, operating from forgiveness, that when we have the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God should empower us to forgive someone, even when the problems we're facing is their fault. OK, so when I'm wise, here, here, here's the real shout. This is ultimately what wisdom and forgiveness looks like. Wisdom and forgiveness looks like this, that you're willing to forgive someone even if they don't ask for forgiveness. That's what real wisdom is, that you're willing to forgive someone even if they don't ask for it. That you're willing to forgive somebody even when they don't apologize. So hopefully, Sister Joanne, that helps. All right. Are there any other questions? All right. But listen, um, if you notice the background I, I am right now, I'm not at my office. I am uh, waiting to go pick up uh, my uh, guest preacher for the night, Bishop Joseph Walker. So uh, I am tracking his flight and his flight is landing even as we speak. <laughs> so I'm getting ready to go and pick up him and his entourage. Um, but um, um, I want to invite you all to come to Thankful Thursday tonight if you can. Um, you're going to be blessed. Bishop Joseph Walker is the presiding bishop of the Full Gospel Baptist Church Fellowship. And um, um, he's going to bless you tremendously. Uh, he passes the Mount Zion Baptist Church in Nashville, Tennessee, got over 30,000 members. And it's just doing an incredible work. So we want to invite you to either come in person or check us out on uh, uh, online. The other thing is next Wednesday, uh, from the hours of 10 to 5, we're going to be having uh, Moderna uh, uh, shots for boosters as well as first or second time shots at the church from 10 to 5. And um, I'll be giving you more information about that, but um, it's going to be the Moderna only. So this is for persons who need boosters or if you need your first shot or your second shot, come and uh, you can get that taken care of. Um, Listen, I got to get ready to go because I'm tracking his flight and it is landing even as we speak. And so um, what I want to do is have a quick word of prayer. Well, let you all know that you can give here um, as far as um, our uh, Bible study is concerned. Either bring check or money order, send it to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205, or you can um, drop off your check, cash, money order at the church. Just call the church office at 704-334-5309 to connect. Uh, make sure someone is there. The other one is you can give through our website or church life, uh, or you can give through the app called Givelify. You're sowing into great ground. We're doing great, wonderful work as far as the kingdom is concerned. Well, listen, I'm getting ready to go. Don't want to be late for my fraternity brother and uh, our guest preacher. 
I love you all immensely. Thank you all so much. Don't forget your canned goods for this Saturday or Sunday. Ten items. Uh, they're posted on our website. Uh, we want to be a blessing to families for Thanksgiving. And I pray to God that you all will join us. Listen, call your friends, your co-workers, your, uh, uh, your boo or your bae. Uh, whoever, even call your enemies, tell them, join us tonight. They're going to be blessed. God bless you all. Love you all. I got to get ready to go and be a chauffeur and, uh, I'll see you all later. Y'all take care. Okay. God bless.